Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Reaction Monday, Playoff Edition. Presented by Texas Star Grill Shop on Sports Radio 610. Here's Payne and Pendergast. For sure, we understand that in this league, nothing stays the same year by year. It's a year-to-year league. Nothing stays the same. You know, and our guys knew that. They knew this team, you know, we had our moment. This was our time. Like, this team won't be the same next year. Uh, whether it's players, coaches, they won't be the same. It's always evolving, always changing. All right, this this was a fun team to root for. That was D'Amico Ryan's after the game on Saturday. Texans lose to the Ravens, and now the offseason is here. So we've got big questions for this team heading into the uh, heading heading into the offseason, Seth. Let's tackle these uh, one at a time. I've got four of them here. If you want to add on to them, feel free. Here are my four biggest offseason questions for the Houston Texans. Question number one. What does the coaching staff look like? This is the most right. imminent near-term one. This is the one that's, if there's burners here for the offseason on a stovetop, this is the very, very front burner right now. Bobby Slowick interviewing with a bunch of teams. Now all of a sudden, Gerard Johnson being requested interviews with at least two teams for vacant offensive coordinator roles. This is a big one, and this is new territory for Texan fans. Uh, Seth, been a long time since we've had other teams, uh, you know, kind of, well, pawing at our coaching staff here. I don't, I don't know if you watched many of the post game videos or anything, but uh, George Godsey front and central on there for uh, the George Godsey and Mike Devlin, two coaches for the Texans, were uh, our coaches on the Ravens staff. Um, oh, no so kidding! Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a bad look for Bill O'Brien, I'd say. What are like, they? All right, what, this, are, uh, <laughs> they, what are they like, doing for those? Do you know what their titles are on those? Staffs? Well, Devin's the offensive line coach. I want to say as Godsey, Godsey might be like the pass. You're kidding me, Mike Devlin's the offensive line coach for the Ravens. I had no idea. Yeah, I don't. It wasn't. That's where. Look, it was never the fact that like offensive line coach after offensive line coach after offensive line coach failed. At some point, you got to start looking at these guys and saying like, well, okay, they've done well yeah. at other places. Yeah, yeah. Like how? Maybe there's another issue here. That's you know? true. That's that's fair. If a, if a carpenter keeps blaming his hammer, you know, for his crappy craftsmanship, despite having six different hammers. No, it's Bill O'Brien's fault. Might look your, at house is, your house is ugly yeah. because of Bill O'Brien, damn yeah. it. Um, are you concerned that they could lose both Slowick and Gerard Johnson? Uh, I, I am concerned. I, don't, I think the fact that Gerard Johnson has only been a full-time coach for a year now, right, is uh, um, like that... He's only Although had he was, he's, he's only yeah. had the quarterbacks coach title for a year. He's only had a full time job for a year, but he's been he's had those roles with other teams. So he's been uh, like an intern at other teams. So he's been in the NFL for a little yeah, while. Yeah, he's been now. in like eight million training camps as a quarterback. Also. Right, right, right. Yeah. So he might. It all depends maybe on how he interviews. Yeah. And the fact that 
you know, he's got an endorsement from C.J. Stroud uh, like that depending on how he, you know, frames how he's worked with C.J. and everything, mm-hmm. I think there's a chance that somebody out there, especially if especially if it's an offensive-minded head coach where it'll actually maybe like be that guy's offense at first, but he wants a guy that can genuinely be the offensive coordinator after a year or two, that might be the, the ramping up into that. Just like with George, like George, uh, the, the problem with Sloak is that he's only got one year of experience, um, but other guys with one year of experience have been hired before mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. head coaching roles. So just like, just as likely with Gerard Johnson. It's interesting. He also, he's got a lot of ties to just different people because he's worked in so many different facets. Oh of my business. God. Yeah. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now. Like he's, he's got quite the network. Uh, Gerard Johnson does. Yeah. I, if I, I'm guessing if Gerard had his druthers, if he had his choice, he would want to be the offensive coordinator here if he could, yeah. as opposed to any of these. Like, I would rather be C.J. Stroud's O.C. than be Derek Carr's O.C. in New Orleans or Deshaun Watson's O.C. in Cleveland. And and maybe some of that comes down to timing. Like, if you're, you got to, do you have to wait out Bobby Slowick's head coaching journey here or or what? I yeah, I don't. I just I don't know what Gerard wants. You know what I mean? Like, I if, if, would he be more inclined to wait for the right yeah. promotion to being an OC, or would he take the first one just to get moving up the ladder? You know. And the, the other guy, Bill Lazor, who's been kind of uh, like special advisor to the quarterbacks. He's in the room, and he's a previous offensive coordinator, and like he's another guy that I think they would probably feel comfortable him stepping into that role if if they lost both those guys, or if they lose Bobby Slowick. You know, maybe between him and Gerard Johnson. So I'm not. I, they'll find somebody, and there's so many other people out there that have come up in this Shanahan system yeah. that I think, and I say everybody, don't get offended. I say the Shanahan system because, it, yes, it's based on Kubiak stuff, but it's Kyle Shanahan just really took everything and modernized it a lot. So um, it's Kyle Shanahan's kind of philosophy and the way he does things more so than Kubiak's now, even though it's still got the, the roots in Kubiak's system. He's the active patriarch right now. Kyle Shanahan is for that thing for sure. Um, second question. We're doing four big questions. First question, coaching staff. Second question, who's coming back? They got a lot of cap space, but they also have a lot of spots to fill because they had so many guys on one-year deals or expiring deals. Um, they've got 26 free agents by my count. Adam Schefter tweeted out the whole list, but I don't think even – like Desmond King wasn't on his list. Like he, So there's a bunch of guys that are free agents – I kind of put him into buckets, Seth, and this is probably not the right segment to dig into the buckets in great granular detail. I had four names that, to me, are priorities that, that, that you know, I, I, if the money got crazy, you know, then don't go crazy with the money. But if you got to pay, like, about what market is for these guys, I would keep them. Dalton Schultz, John Grenard, Steven Nelson, Blake Cashman, and then the two specialists, which I don't think a lot of people – I think a lot of people are forgetting that Cam Johnston and Kymie Fairbairn are both free agents right now. All the specialists. Yeah. Every single one of them. John Weeks, too. I assume Weeks is going to be back forever. Oh, do you? He I do. Yeah, I do. This well. feels like a mob hit. It feels <laughs> like they brought in somebody that they... It, part of the... <laughs> the only reason they hired D'Amico was they're like, we gotta, we've, we've been trying to get rid of Weeks for years, right. but we can never sneak up on him the right way. we got to get him somebody he trusts. He feels comfortable yeah. around D'Amico. Yeah. D'Amico yeah. gives him a big hug and yep. then gives the nod to the, the hitman behind him. Yep. And there you go. Um, now, I think Weeks will be back. Weeks yeah. did the... Weeks did the smart thing a couple years ago, and like uh, he revamped his body and his training. He looks good. He's yeah. He'll 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 long snap until he's, he's going to be like the Reggie Roby of long snappers. There you go. Um, so yeah, I think that the big questions are John Grenard and Dalton Schultz mm-hmm. in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know those other guys. Well, the specialists as well. Uh, 
Man, Cam Johnson had that little rough stretch there for a minute. Um, but other than that, like we've seen bad punting the last couple weeks now. It could be it could be devastating Dude. if there if there weren't so many other advantages for the Ravens. We, I mean, we saw it punt yesterday we, or we, Saturday. We saw it when he was out for a month to start the season, and we had that Zentner guy punting yeah. for a month. Yeah, it's no good. I want Johnston back. I'm with you on that one. So the specialist, I kind of just put into a different, like you said, a different bucket because I don't know, whatever. Yeah, pay him, pay him whatever the going rate is. They're worth it. Dalton Schultz and John Grenard. I'm. I. I would prefer. I would prefer to keep Grenard. I feel like the money might end up being too much for what maybe D'Amico thinks. Like, hey, we can do this with draft picks. Maybe a guy in the late, you know, late first round that, which is dodgy. You can never, you can never truly plan on getting somebody and turning him into something. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Dalton Schultz one is the biggest curiosity because he was out in free agency last year and sat out, didn't get the contract he wanted. I think I still feel like they're going to end up coming to a deal with him before free agency. I do too. I base that on nothing other than just the fact that like he and he and CJ have a very good relationship. I think this offense is really good for him. He's already been stung once by going out into free agency and seeing it wasn't all he thought that he was going to get. So I think the Texans can get a reasonable deal for him. I do too, because I don't think he had a season like where you go, oh man, okay, now I feel like Dalton Schultz is a $12 million a year. He was good. He was what he's been throughout his career. Yeah. You know, so uh, I'm with you on that. Although, Uh, you know what, Tyron Matthew, I think Tyron, remember when Tyron Matthew came in on the Prove It deal? And I thought, like, played well and did good things, but I didn't. I was surprised that he got the deal he did get in Kansas City. Yeah. So who knows, you know? We'll see. I, like, now, Tyron Matthew also has that kind of electric element to him that Dalton Schultz does. He does, and that felt like – that the Tyron Matthew signing in Kansas City felt like what the Texans thought they were getting with Ed Reed in 2013. Like, you know what? Last piece, leader on the back yeah. end. We almost got to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. And then it worked. They got to the Super Bowl, and they, and they won the Super Bowl in 2019. Number three – Big questions for the offseason. What will be the big ticket move or moves? Is there a big move that Nick Casario has in him, a la the Will Anderson trade last year? Is there a big free agency signing? Is there another big move in the draft? I was watching Nick on with John Harris and Mark Vandermeer on their YouTube last week, and Johnny brought up the draft and picking a 23, and Nick immediately goes, how do you know we're going to pick a 23? Uh, ah. You know, so so um, so he that trades, he trades all the time, all the time. Yeah, yeah. I would say it's, uh, like I would go with the field, right, for what pick they have in the first round. Twenty three of the field, take the field. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, but is there a big ticket move? To me, it's more free agency than it is the draft making a big move. Um, and I would like to, see, you know, I, you talked earlier, Seth, about needing some bulk on the interior, the defensive line. This is a really good defensive tackle free agency class. If you're of mind of spending. 18 20 22 million on one of them um that would be uh that you know that that could be a move uh there's you know maybe a, maybe some... a, maybe a weapon maybe a weapon for CJ Stroud offensively well you know i was talking about how like you know the Texans defensive line i i really like them a lot they don't necessarily have any genuine like like I'm going to kick your ass and throw you down to the ground and stuff the run types of run stuffers. Yeah. They have guys that play their asses off but um and and fly around a lot. But like Matabike from the Ravens is Bingo. a free agent. Yep. You know, is he sure going to get is. franchise tag? A lot of these guys. Chris Jones, I, I I think the thinking is that he probably has an agreement with the Chiefs that he can't get franchise tag. I think that was part of him coming in that and was, playing for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's a chance that Chris Jones might actually become a free agent. So I, I think that might be the area that D'Amico, who's said, you know, 
in the offseason especially, he used to talk a lot about how everything starts with the guys up front. Like, that's the driving force. And then off-ball linebackers, though, too. Um, I think D'Amico, D'Amico, when he sits back and looks at this season and he thinks about what he had in San Francisco versus now, where I think Christian Harris is the only guy right now where he probably feels like, okay, this guy could really turn into something. He wants his Dre Greenlaw, you know, to go along with his Fred Warner. And right now... Christian Harris might be one of those two guys, but he'd like another guy like that. Does that come in the draft, or is that coming free agent? Patrick Queen is a free agent, Seth. Yeah. They can't franchise both of them. Matt Abike and Patrick Queen. One of them's going to be available out there mm. for you. Does that get you thinking? Gets me thinking. If you could, have, thinking if, that, if you could have one at market price, Patrick Queen or Justin Matt Abike to steal Oh, at market from- price? I'd say Patrick Queen. I think because off-ball linebackers are under... The really good off-ball linebackers are undervalued. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't pay... I think you pay a premium for pass rushers to the point where it's kind of like you're overpaying, but I don't care because it's worth... <laughs> like If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, if it works out, it's worth it. I think with off-ball linebackers, having a really good one can be like the keystone to your your team being like a genuine, genuinely elite defense, so it's worth it. This is where it's actually, like this season now, it's fun to talk about guys like this because I feel like you got a shot at bringing guys in like that. I feel like those two guys would definitely want to play for D'Amico Ryans if they're not going to go back to Baltimore. Yeah, right? yeah, and the whole buzz about C.J. Stroud and everything. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, Boy, that, uh, I feel like I was almost stumbling onto a, like a Yogi Berra-ism. Or I'm trying to, like they're... they're <laughs> They're overvalued, but it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, going to ask ChatGPT how Yogi Berra would have said that. Would have said that. Um, question number four, big question for the offseason. Um, and this is really not a football one per se, but we know that, at least publicly, that there was some family drama bubbling up with the McNairs over the course of the end of last year into this year with the, you know, between the brothers, between Cal and Carrie McNair and Carrie McNair filing the request for guardianship over Janice McNair. Yeah. Um, does that become something that's a storyline this offseason that, that is a distraction at all for the team or anything that, you know, the, you know, anything that ends up detrimentally affecting the team as in that affidavit in response to it, the, you know, the Cal Janice side of things pointed out like, look, if some of these things became public, it would have a bad effect on the Houston Texans. Yeah, does, yeah, does this become yeah. a thing? It really I, hasn't since it became public a few weeks ago. It's died down. Other, you know, the thing I didn't like about that letter was there was part of it that even it's completely different, but it felt a little bit like when the Yankees, the Yankees used the same reasoning for why they needed to keep their sign ceiling sealed. I didn't like the whole, I didn't hold it like the whole legal. I've, I have previously deplored that, uh, that, uh, that strategy. Yeah. So I can't endorse it in this instance. I think that's like, I feel like there's a lot of normal legal machinations that go on with this kind of stuff that when it's reported, it sounds it bigger. Sounds, it sounds a lot more scintillating than it actually is. Yeah, yeah. I like right now. I would lean on the side of you know what, man. When it comes to NFL ownership, it's not like it's not like somebody can just sue and all of a sudden become an owner of the team. Yeah, because uh, you have to get approval. If anything, like maybe they the, the McNairs would have to sell. But I feel like it's all so far down the road with anything like this, and we know the legal process is slow and laborious. So I just don't. I, I don't. I, there's nothing about it right now that makes me feel like, oh, this is an imminent threat to the to the actual stability of the Texans. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Just kind of sitting out there right now. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, you know, okay, is, is this something that pops up here? I think this is where 
the situation you'd have to worry about is like what it was like in Denver for a few years where Pat Bolin had Alzheimer's and there was a trust set up where multiple different family members were kind of arguing for control. Then there were like members of the committee that was supposed to be running the team that were like had the ear of members of the trust and it was really ugly. It doesn't seem like there's that capacity for mayhem in this situation. Like Cal, until, until there's like a court order or something, Cal's going to be running the team. Yeah. You know, like Janice, uh, like under, under the umbrella of Janice, uh, Cal's going to be running the team. If something were to change, it would be like a clear and concise change instead of this ongoing who's in charge question like it was in Denver. All right, let's um, – so those are the four big questions, my four big questions for the, uh, the, the, the offseason, heading into the offseason. Um, let's acknowledge some folks from this weekend. I think there, there are at least one or two Texans that deserve acknowledging, even – with the loss to the Ravens still sitting out there. Certainly some acknowledgement going on around the NFL for us to do, and even a baseball acknowledgement from this weekend that we'll get to as well. That is next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Reaction Monday Playoff Edition. Presented by Texas Star Grill Shop on Sports Radio 610. Here's Payne and Pendergast. Hey, it's not hard, man. I'm proud of our guys. All right? they, I told the guys, keep their head up. I'm proud of them uh, for just the entire year. Right? This wasn't our moment right now. This wasn't our time right now. We didn't get it done. But I'm, I'm proud of each and every coach and player in the locker room right, for what we've accomplished throughout the entire year how we grown how we grew throughout the entire year and i'm proud of our guys right now that's why i told all our guys keep their head up but credit to the ravens but man proud of each and every man that was d'amico ryan's let's do this let's acknowledge we at 725 ish uh every monday we acknowledge big performance either from the weekend or in this case now that the season's over from the season, and we bump in with D'Amico Ryan's talking about how proud he is of his guys. D'Amico Ryan's acknowledge me. We're going to acknowledge you. Hell of a season, man. Hell of a season. Ten wins, division crown. Didn't end the way you wanted it to. Certainly on the scoreboard. 
aesthetically on the field. Like it just was not your team's best performance. Pretty good team across from you and the Ravens, but I want to make sure, Seth, that amidst the amidst the disappointment of Saturday, we acknowledge that D'Amico Ryans has this team at least a year ahead of where everybody thought they would be right now. Sean, I've told you before that um, when I was growing up, there were a couple families in my town that I used to look at and uh, like kind of curiously and almost skeptically because they really just seemed to have it all nailed down. I'm like, oh, man, like there it is. Boy, they seem to all love each other and the kids are all good students and the father is like the perfect dad. He coaches the little league team. He's like good at his job and everything. I'm like, there's something. They've, there's definitely a serial killer or something in there. And then over time, you realize, like, oh, no, wow. They're just genuinely nice people. That's the thing, too. The Apero family. Incredibly nice. Like, nice beyond belief. And I, after a while, I started realizing, like, oh, okay, I need to start aspiring to be more like the Aperos. Mm-hmm. Like, when my family, when I have a family, I would like to try to have it be like that family. Sure. And I feel like, I feel like with D'Amico and CJ, I feel like I've stumbled into that family. Because they, they're, both, they're both so driven and yet like devoid of drama. Um, the, the fact that they can kind of seemingly recognize obstacles, not freak out about them, and just work through them. Not, not in denial, to go back to the family analogy, you know? You don't ignore the elephant in the room or anything, or act like everything is awesome all the time, Jack yeah. Easterby. Yep. Like, no. You're just like, oh, yeah, we got an issue here. How are we going to address it? How are we going to attack it? And then we move on. Um, I, like, I, that's why I feel more, that's why I feel so confident about D'Amico and CJ, uh, it, for the long, the long term, is that they just have the right, they have the right, approach to life really yeah in in that regard I I think a majority of the league I was thinking about this yesterday as those games were playing out like even a team that was still playing yesterday and playing well at times Tampa Bay would easily trade their head coach quarterback situation for the Texans like I I think 90% of the league would trade their quarterback head coach situation for the Texans head coach quarterback situation they would 90% of the league looks at the Texans like you looked at the Aperos back in the day. Yeah. Like, wow, that's, boy, that's a better situation than my room. I'm saying even teams that have good, like I'm saying even Buffalo. Like, I think Buffalo fans, like, they're oh, ready no, to yeah, fire Sean McDermott, Sean McDermott now. Right, right. Yeah. Like, I think if you go, okay, we'll trade you D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud for Sean McDermott and Josh Allen, I think they would make that trade in Buffalo. <laughs> boy, Buffalo. That's a whole other whole we'll other story. Yeah, Buffalo I'm just tomorrow. kind of backing up your point about Kansas where the Texans City just are. has to be destroyed now. I was pulling yes. for the bull, the Bills, and then just now for this to happen like this three years in a row. That's enough. That's enough. I'm ready to buy into. I, I, I'm ready to buy in that it's scripted. Everything. Agreed. I, they need to be destroyed. Whatever the scriptwriters are saying, please have the Ravens do it this time. Let's acknowledge Stephen Sims. Acknowledge me. The only touchdown scored in eight quarters against the Baltimore Ravens came on this play. Here's the snap to Stout. The punter gets it off. Sims tracking forward, and he makes the catch at the 34. Starts right, cuts up the middle. 40, 45, 50. Sims still going, breaks a tackle. Angles to his left. 40, 30, 20, 10. He's going to score. Rock and roll. Touchdown. Steven Sims to the house. And yes, the Texans baby. are going to tie this game up. All right, there you go. Tied it at 10. That was it, though. That was the that was it. Eight quarters. Steven Sims, you are the sole Texan to get into the end zone against the Baltimore Ravens. And for that, you're getting acknowledgement today here on Payne and Pendergast on a Monday. Yeah, that was uh, like when Noah Brown went down. I think the one thing that you could hope for in the elevation of Steven Sims, two things really, was one in the return game that he might give you something. He did. 
And it was a that was a manly return too. Yeah, first he tackle. broke down that poor three hundred and ninety pound fullback, and then he uh, and then he and then he broke a tackle like without almost he looked almost Lamar Jackson like the way one of the more impressive things about Lamar is the way that he kind of just like people will hit him as hard as they can and it barely alters his course. And he's not like, a Steven big guy. Sims, I I he's deceptive. He's like I think he's like Randy Moss, where Randy Moss is bigger than you think. He's just because he's so lean. So anyway, but Steven Sims on that play, um, Steven Sims on that play to, was was super strong as well as fast. The one the one part of it that I didn't like is that now the last two returns we've seen for a touchdown by the Texans were in games where it gave you a little bit of hope for a minute and then it was completely squashed. The Browns game, it was just I was like, oh, they're they're back in it, right? Technically, yeah. Bingo. <laughs> really? It, yeah. Felt, it didn't feel like, wow, they're tied at 10. I hope they get a first down. That would help score more points on this Saturday <laughs> afternoon. All What's right. the record for number of returns for touchdowns yeah, in a football game? in a football game because they're going to need it. Um, speaking of which, Lamar Jackson. We will acknowledge me. you, Lamar Jackson. 152 yards passing. More importantly, 100 yards rushing. Most importantly, just nails in the second half of that football game. The Texans had... No answers in the second half of that football game. Here's D'Amico Ryans on not being able to contain the likely league MVP. Right. The biggest issue is just being on it, being disciplined where we're supposed to be uh, as a defense. And then it comes down to making tackles. Right? You are there. You got to find a way to – you got to get off blocks and you got to make tackles when you are in position to make plays. Uh what changed in the second half, Seth? In your mind, like they they were getting they were in pretty good success with those blitz packages in the first half on those three three and outs, the Texans. Yeah, and then uh, then clearly the Ravens made some adjustments in the second half on that. I mean, they kept hitting the blitz button. The Texans did. It felt like right. Who are we acknowledging? Lamar Jackson for his performance. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just checking. Yep. I didn't. Um. Uh. What changed in the second half? Oh, they like they just. The, the Ravens started getting rid of the ball quicker. They just they in the first half they were still trying to develop stuff downfield, um, and I think in having to adjust to that and also I think getting comfortable that they weren't going to have to worry about this being a shootout. Uh, they said, "All right, we're going to dink and dunk. We'll just take what's in front of us. Our guys are better than their linebackers and their safeties, um, and and we'll just take it to them." And then the other thing too is that, that you know D'Amico's strategy was going to be boomer bust. It was either it was going to be boomer bust in, in two regards. One is you needed the offense to offset your risk taking a little bit, you know, by keeping the game close. Uh, and you also needed to just like keep Lamar Jackson off the field so they didn't get a look at what you're doing as much. But they basically the Texans defense pretty much used every bullet in the magazine and then threw the gun at the Ravens in the first half. Mm-hmm. So they came out, they had seen it, they were ready for it. But then when the Texans were trying to play man, especially those 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 cornerbacks run with their receiver, so they're out of there. And Lamar Jackson runs those QB sweeps to a soft edge, and they're just they were just lethal. Once uh, once Ronnie Stanley was yelled at and figured it out, then like the, the, those quarterback sweeps were just so deadly. Yeah, it's actually going back and rewatching it. It's kind of a thing of beauty when I was removed a little bit from it yeah. emotionally. Yeah. yeah, when you when you can remove the fact that it's your team on the wrong end of it, it's it is it's it's nice offense, man. Um, Dan Campbell, acknowledge you're going to acknowledge Detroit Lions coach Dan Campbell. Three years ago to the day, he gave this answer to a question about his team's culture. What's the team culture going to look like for the Detroit Lions? So this team's going to be built on 
uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, all right? And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you before before long, where they're going to be the last one standing. They're one of the last four standing. <laughs> that guy's in the <laughs> NFC title game today. I wonder if um, – I can't remember. Did he go anatomically incorrect? Were there three kneecaps bitten off I or think just he two? was about to go in on a third he, kneecap and he just hit a hunk it. out of you. Yeah. like he, I feel like there was a part there like he had to edit out a punch in the junk or something too. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? That, that aged well. That aged really, really well. <laughs> of course I think did. it's that kind He's of a winning. team. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. winning. Um. We got more Campbell audio here. This is from this was, well, this was from training camp last year during Hard Knocks 2022, where they would go on to start off one and six. It wasn't pretty, but this was Dan Campbell, uh, the side of him that I think wasn't as publicized. Man, if you don't work on tackling, if we don't work on run after catch, making a move, man, we what are we doing, man? Then we finally get to week eight and we come to life because we got enough reps. That's what I'm doing, and I swear, man. I don't want to put anybody in jeopardy, but I, we have to do it, man. I believe it. We're not going to do it every day. I'm going to give you an illustration tonight. Man, I got a plan, I swear to you. All I think about is you guys. That's all I think about, man. That's all I think about is you guys and how I set you up for the best possible, the best possible advantage I can give you to have a season. I swear to you, man. I just need you to trust me. That's all. Please. Listen. These people right here in this front row, they get these, kind of almost look like a soccer ball or something on their blue t-shirts. These kids have cancer, man. They got cancer, man. I appreciate it. Some of you guys go over there and sign, just say hi. It'd be nice. You know, we're all fortunate here. We all know. Dan Campbell, man. Yeah, that la- I hadn't heard that last part. The cutups I'd seen before, I didn't. Uh, they didn't have the part where you afterwards asked the guys to go see the kids that had cancer. Yeah, in the front row. yeah. That was so. That was in the middle of a live uh, goal line drill where right. they were they tackling to the ground. So that's where he was saying, uh, you know, like, no, we need to do this, which is like it's not that common in the NFL for there ever to be tack- like to the ground tackling in, in practice. And then, you know, the, the fact that they started off one and six in that season and like and he still kept everybody, that's pretty amazing. Like that he kept guys engaged and checked in. Well, that, and that was that was his second year. They had gone three and 13 or three and 14. Yeah. In his first year there. So, yeah. I mean, he had not experienced much success at all until midway through his second season there, and now they've been off to the races ever since. Congrats to them. Last one, Jim Crane. Acknowledge me. We're going to acknowledge you for pulling out the big bucks and going and getting Josh Hader. Yeah. CBT, competitive balance tax, be damned. Jim Crane spending money. Love to see it. I like it. Yep. I like it. I like it a lot. It. Yep. Um, that's a hell of a back end of the bullpen, man. Brian Abreu, Ryan Presley, Josh Hader. It's expensive as hell. But uh, but it's not my it money. Is, yeah. I'm allowing myself to remember, like, oh, okay, yeah, pitching, pitching. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, they, we felt really good about pitching this time last year. Yep. And it's just a matter of – there's no World Baseball Classic this year to destroy all of our best and youngest and brightest pitchers. Oh, thank God. Um, all right, Texans lose on Saturday. It, that's, it's been four years since the Texans had been in the playoffs. And on Saturday, I had some familiar feelings starting to come back. Things I hadn't felt in four – Years and I'm guessing some of you felt these exact same things. We will tell you what those are next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's Reaction Monday Playoff Edition. Presented by Texas Star Grill Shop on Sports Radio 610. Live from the Twin Peaks Studios, here's Payne and Pendergast. All right, so this was a fun season, and the Texans get back to the postseason for the first time in four years. And when it comes to the playoffs, Seth, and it comes to the playoffs and particularly losing in the playoffs, you forget, you know, like it's it's like we haven't been in a relationship almost for four years with the playoffs, and you... You know, you get out of a relationship, you haven't been in love in a long time, and you fall back in love, and you're like, I remember these good feelings. And then you remember sometimes that, that love comes with some, some pain, too, some bad feelings. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot it. It comes with the realization that, uh, you know, that maybe the so-and-so has certain she's, bad habits or something like that. Or like, oh, yeah, oh, she just casually mentions she's having lunch with her ex-boyfriend. <laughs> things that like day. that, yeah. Things like that. place, but it's, you know, he's got a nice kitchen. Right, yeah. right, right. And his roommate will probably be there, and it'll be yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what it felt like. It right. felt like we were watching the Texans. It felt like we were watching the Texans go uh, go out to lunch with their ex-boyfriend. Yeah. There, there, were, there were three specific things this weekend from that game, two of them in the game and then one of them after the game, where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what this feels like. And I'm curious if, I'm curious if the listeners feel this. Definitely curious if you feel it, Seth. Like it, it, the first one is actually from the day after, which yesterday, you know, got up in the morning, got breakfast, whatever, come back. And normally on a Sunday, when I have, especially when we have a Sunday off, I'd be like, well, let's turn on countdown and let's watch all the coverage and let's get ready for the games i watched the games i didn't watch anything football related until detroit and tampa bay kicked off at two when the texans lose in the playoffs i've i remembered i don't want to watch any of the sports center i don't want to watch countdown i don't want to relive any of this it's the exact opposite of when they win a playoff game or win any big game where i just i can't get enough content i'm a hundred percent the opposite i avoided anything football wise until the games kicked off yesterday I wonder, I wonder how many people feel about like my, the data I would use is just, okay, I did a YouTube video yesterday on my, my humble YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Just, I was flying. I had very little time. I was uh, rerouted. So I had to take three flights yesterday over the course of 13 hours. It was a, and there were, and there were delays. So I had tight layovers. So I stopped in Tampa. That's right. I was in Tampa during one of these. I don't know. I went all, I went three, three different time zones yesterday. Um, I did a five-minute video of just me sitting in an empty uh, in an empty gate, and I got like the numbers I usually get. 
Um, like, so I don't know. People checked in, but it was a very short video. And it's like, I don't think they had an appetite for anything long. Uh, and I think at least the 25% were Ravens fans talking smack. Maybe. So I would still say there was, there were people that were trolling, like, that, that, that want to be, they, they want to come to terms with things. Yeah. I get, maybe with me, it's I don't want to listen to any national people talk about the Texans. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I do, I do seek out the guys who write about the team. And the various, you know, bloggers and, and folks like you, you have a YouTube, you know, Cody Stutes, guys like that. I do seek yeah. out their stuff. It's you the national what? people. Uh, and you know why? You know why, too? Boy, the fourth quarter, we all noted it when we were watching in the, in the lounge there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, when they got to the point in the game when they started saying really nice things about the Texans. Patting them on the head. They're just, yeah, yeah boy, they're just such good, chi- they're, such, they're, just, they're such a good child. Yeah. They're just like, you know, they try their hardest. Yeah. You know, as he, uh, he's not our favorite child, but they're a good child. Yeah. They deserve a hug every now and then. Yeah, yeah you know, you're right. That was, yeah, that was, I, don't, I don't need your charity, your pity, your that, I think I think it's baked into what I'm feeling on that bullet point number one. The, yeah. other, two, the other two are feelings in-game that I'd not felt – in four years since losing to the Chiefs in the divisional round back four years ago. That moment in a game, especially a blowout game, where you realize, bleep, <laughs> the game is over. They're totally, like, it's okay, the game is over. Like, there's no chance of them coming back. And the moment, the moment in this game, I have the specific moment I felt this way. We've got the highlight right here. Dalvin Cook, washed up Dalvin Cook, runs for 19 yards to get the Ravens into field goal range, up 14 with nine minutes to go. Handoff, Dalvin Cook, right side, has a hole, 40, 35, breaks a tackle, 30, and down at the 26-yard line. Barnett with the stop, and Dalvin Cook, the former Jet and Viking, with a first down for the Ravens at the 25 of the Texans. You left out washed, Mark, the, the washed former Raven, <laughs> former Jet and Viking. Dalvin Cook putting the Ravens in field goal range for what, you know, would eventually be a, a score. They they scored a touchdown, actually, eventually. But, you know, the, you, you're up two touchdowns. You get down to the Texans 25. I'm like, all right, well, they're at least getting a field goal, and they're going to be up three scores with eight minutes to go. The season's over. That, yeah. that Like that very the, moment the, where you go, it's over. This is the, it. The run defense and just their complete – I don't want to say laying down. It's not like they weren't trying. But they were that – they deserved a pat on the head for their effort as they were getting destroyed by the run game. And no, I, don't, I can't even give them a pat on their head for their effort. They were getting stuck on blocks. Their defensive linemen getting driven back like five, ten yards in any given time. It was bad. It was really ugly. That was really bad. That one's going to sting for D'Amico. Yeah. And, and watching that and thinking like, where the hell? I thought I knew these guys. Right. But man, it, it sure does look like it. It's never that like everybody gives up or anything, but it had the appearance of like, ah. We're giving up. Yeah. That's what the appearance was. Yep. That's what the appearance was. Sometimes it's only like three or four guys that, that lead to it looking like everybody's giving up, but that's the appearance it gives, and it's very demoralizing. So the, the, the avoidance of anything sports center the following day, the moment yep. where you're like, it's over, like it's mathematically it's over, the season's over, and number three, and this is sort of a corollary to number two, the moment that you start to realize, oh, crap, this is the last time I might see – so-and-so in a Texans uniform. And and I felt it more acutely this year than others because there's a lot of guys on this team that I've really come to like that are here on one-year deals. You know, Dalton yeah, Schultz yeah. and um, Steven Nelson is in the last year of his deal. Uh, Devin Singletary, Grenard is in a contract year. I mean, that's just to name a few. Desmond King, others. Um, 
there there were several where I'm like, oh man, I'm going to miss this guy if he's not back next year. I think the yeah that part I guess you know maybe maybe you're just a better human being than I am. As soon as you started talking about that, I thought about like okay yeah, but how do you replace him? Whatever. Uh, like <laughs> because the other question is you're going to lose those guys, and there's a tendency to think well oh gosh. So this is as good as they're going to get because they're going to lose those guys. Because I saw a few people, a few people, you know, not, like, not trying to be jerks or anything, just pointed out, they're like, man, look at all these other teams that are going to be good too. There's going to be a bunch of other teams that are good in the AFC. Yeah, that's how it is every year. And like, just remember the narratives on the various teams. Just like everybody was convinced that the Cardinals would have the number one pick in the draft because they had the Texans pick. Like, you just don't know. The good teams you expect to be on the rise, like the Jaguars last year, Remember how simple and easy it was going to be that the Jaguars were going to be awesome this year? Yes. And yeah. it didn't quite work out that way. Like, you just don't know. I mean, that's just that's life in the NFL. You're going to have to replace a lot of those guys. The Ravens themselves have a lot of key free agents on one-year deals that they have to replace this year. Yep. So the, they might, they're not going to be the same team. They will still have Lamar Jackson. D, DJ Bienname just – and I think we – you know, the Texans have C.J. Stroud, and that's a big reason why you feel that way. Yeah. But absolutely, the, 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 and the and to your point, the Jags said – we were probably saying, we have Trevor Lawrence. You know, we have Trevor Lawrence. We're fine. We got our franchise quarterback. DJ Bienname just tweeted this along the lines of what you're saying, Seth. Just because the Texans made it to the divisional round doesn't mean they're guaranteed – to keep progressing, five of the eight teams who made the divisional round last year didn't make it this year. Three of them didn't even make the playoffs this year. So it's and the Texans wow. and that those, those are bum losers, Sean. This could never happen to us. A schedule, I, man. That's I schedule. choose to That's take your cautionary tales and ignore them. You do just as I have. It sounded every other. like you were backing them up. Say eighteen seconds ago. Every other cautionary tale that I've ever heard. No, 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 no. I was saying no, and honestly. My response was to people that act like, well, no, the Texans can't replicate this because look at all these other up-and-coming teams. Yeah. I, I'm saying, like, nah, don't, like, yeah, that's life in the NFL. You just, every year you're going to have to, you got you to gotta hit the reset button other than a few of the very select teams that are obviously built that way. It's a matter of, I, like, that's why I'm kind of glad that they got their asses beat. I really am. I'm genuinely... Aside from the pain and the if they were going to win, it. you mean <laughs> right? If they're right, right. If they're not going to win, I really want everybody in that organization, not yeah. just the not just the players, front office and coaches can succumb sometimes to this feeling that momentum is just going to carry you into a good year last year. Like you have to all off season. A lot of times after a successful season, you know, especially after a Super Bowl win, coaches have to drive it into everybody's heads. That, like, no, this is a reset. Like, there's. That's going to be an easy sell for D'Amico. Like, hey, guys. Hey, let's put it on the film. Let's watch. Oh, yeah. This is how you guys uh, defend the run, is it? That's your, oh, Delvin Cook, huh? Is that the – you're going to make us look like idiots for not having – like, Nick Casario's got to sit there and be like, no, I got to – I got to deal with people thinking that we should have signed Delvin Cook, and that's the biggest idiotic move of the. <laughs> it's true. Oh my God! I bet you I know couldn't what? get carries with the Jets, and now all of a sudden it was a. Uh, yeah, Thank yeah. God I didn't go looking for that during the game. Like, oh, let's go find Texan fans who thought they should have signed Delvin Cook, because I guarantee you they're out there. Um, text message. I mean, it wouldn't have been the dumbest thing in the world. I just didn't think that. I mean, I, I, I didn't think that was. One it's or not the an other. answer, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, how would you like to be that poor bastard Bills fan that was crying? That poor guy probably has to go to work today. It would be a bleeping disaster for me, LOL. I'm guessing he's like Dick Vermeil. He's, he's known as a crying guy. So Did you see the guy uh, he's talking about? I didn't see it, no. It was bad. 
It yeah. was oh, really? yeah. It was bad. Well, at what point in the game was it? It was after the game. It was it was when the game oh, I didn't was see. over. Okay. Yeah, it was All when right. the game was over. Because I thought maybe they showed it. Oh yeah, because it wouldn't be until after that missed field goal. Yeah. Right. Tyler Bass yeah. misses the field goal, and then Kansas City's able to run out the clock, and they go, they go to this guy, and he's got on like a Bills stocking cap, like a beanie, and it's yeah. kind of down over his face, and he has his hands over his face. And I'm like, don't you dare take the camera off him. I need to see him when that hat comes up. And he took the camera off him, and I look at Amy, I'm like, I'm so angry right now. And then they pan back to him, and dude was bawling his eyes out. I guarantee you, you'll find it if you look hard enough on Twitter. I looked up crying Bills fan, and oh, here we go. Bills fans after losing to the... Oh, with that... Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> oh, good. dude. Yeah. Oh, no, that's an ugly cry, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, oh. it's a bad cry. That's like somebody who's lost a family member. It's a bad cry, yeah. Not like an old family member, either. Like no. a young one. Right, right. Like, like somebody your... that died before his time. Right, like oh. your younger brother got hit by a bus or something like that. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad you're glad you're in on this now. All right. Set that music means we're done. We're out of time. Antibodies to you, my friend. Cry, Bills fan. Cry. <laughs> Antibodies to you. All right, we're done. Uh John Harris, Mark Vandermeer, they're up next. In the loop starts at ten today. Keep it here all day long here on Sports Radio six ten. Reaction Monday rolls on next. Have a great day, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 